Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled The Urim and the Thummim. It will be focused on the study of Exodus chapter 28. Before going any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this chapter and the symbolism of the Urim and Thummim which we know is your word for us today. Father, help us to discern everything by that yardstick. In the name of your son Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Exodus chapter 28. Chapter 28. And take thou unto the Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithumar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which they shall make, a breastplate, and an ephod, and a robe, and a broidered coat, a mitre, and a girdle. And they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And they shall take gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. And they shall make the ephod of gold of blue and of purple of scarlet and fine twined linen with cunning work. It shall have the two shoulder pieces thereof joined at the two edges thereof. And so it shall be joined together. And the curious girdle of the ephod which is upon it shall be of the same according to the work thereof, even of gold, of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen. And thou shalt take two onyx stones and grave on them the names of the children of Israel, six of their names on one stone, and the other six names of the rest on the other stone according to their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, shalt thou engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. Thou shalt make them to be set in ouches of gold, and thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the ephod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a memorial. And thou shalt make ouches of gold, and two chains of pure gold at the ends of wreathen work shalt thou make them, and fasten the wreathen chains to the ouches. And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. After the work of the ephod thou shalt make it. Of gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twined linen shalt thou make it. Four square it shall be being doubled. A span shall be the length thereof, and a span shall be the breadth thereof. And thou shalt set in it settings of stones, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, a topaz, and a carbuncle. This shall be the first row. And the second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row, a ligure, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, and an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold in their enclosings, and the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, twelve according to their names, like the engravings of a signet. Every one with his name shall they be according to the twelve tribes. And thou shalt make upon the breastplate chains at the ends of wreathen work of pure gold, 
and thou shalt make upon the breastplate two rings of gold, and shalt put the two rings on the two ends of the breastplate. And thou shalt put the two wreathen chains of gold in the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate, and the other two ends of the two wreathen chains thou shalt fasten in the two ouches, and put them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod before it. And thou shalt make two rings of gold, and thou shalt put them upon the two ends of the breastplate in the border thereof, which is in the side of the ephod inward. And two other rings of gold thou shalt make, and shalt put them on the two sides of the ephod underneath, toward the forepart thereof, over against the other coupling thereof, above the curious girdle of the ephod. And they shall bind the breastplate by the rings thereof, unto the rings of the ephod, with a lace of blue, that it may be above the curious girdle of the ephod, and that the breastplate be not loosed from the ephod. And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart, when he goeth in unto the holy place, for a memorial before the Lord continually. And thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and the Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart, when he goeth in before the Lord. And Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. And thou shalt make the robe of the ephod all of blue, and there shall be an hole in the top of it, in the midst thereof. It shall have a binding of woven work round about the hole of it, as it were the hole of an abergen, that it be not rent. And beneath, upon the hem of it, thou shalt make pomegranates of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, round about the hem thereof, and bells of gold between them round about, a golden bell, and a pomegranate, a golden bell, and a pomegranate, upon the hem of the robe round about. And it shall be upon Aaron to minister, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth in unto the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, that he die not. And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold, and grave upon it, like the engravings of a signet, holiness to the Lord. And thou shalt put it on a blue lace, that it may be upon the mitre. Upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be, and it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things, which the children of Israel shall hallow in all their holy gifts. And it shall be always upon his forehead, that they may be accepted before the Lord. And thou shalt embroider the coat of fine linen, and thou shalt make the mitre of fine linen, and thou shalt make the girdle of needlework. And for Aaron's sons thou shalt make coats, and thou shalt make for them girdles, and bonnets shalt thou make for them, for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother, and his sons with him, and shalt anoint them, and consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness, from the loins even unto the thighs they shall reach. And they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons, when they come in unto the tabernacle of the congregation, or when they come near unto the altar to minister in the holy place, that they bear not iniquity, and die. It shall be a statute for ever unto him and his seed after him. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Brenham titled, The Water Baptism. This was preached in 1961 on January the 20th. We'll begin at paragraph 65 up to paragraph 149. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. Now remember, keep bear this in mind. 
that the church of the living God, not the denomination, the church of the living God, is built upon spiritual revelation. Now you get that in St. Matthew 17, or St. Matthew 16 it is, where he said, he said, who does man say I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, said Peter. He said, blessed art thou, Simon, son of Jonas, flesh and blood, seminary, somebody else, never revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven, thou art Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church. Now see, the Catholic says, upon Peter. If that's so, then he backslid. Alright, the Protestant said, upon Jesus. But not to be different, but to make the thing straight. Neither on Jesus, nor upon Peter, but upon the spiritual revelation. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven has revealed this to you. Then the word that's wrote in parables and everything else can only be revealed, and the only truth will ever be known about it, is a spiritual revelation, and if your revelation doesn't tie it together, then your revelation's wrong. See? It must blend. Like if you was putting a jigsaw puzzle together and you didn't have anything on the side here to, to look was, you'd get the scenes all mixed up. You'd say, well, I believe this goes here, I believe this goes there. That's a human mind. First thing you know, your scene would be wrong. be a cow picking grass on top of a tree. See? So it, it wouldn't work. See? But if you if you got something here to go by, to go by, well, now you say, oh, God revealed to me or something. If it isn't according to this word, and ties the word together, then your revelation's wrong. In the Old Testament, if a prophet prophesied, if a dreamer dreamed a dream, no matter how real it seemed, the first before the church ever would accept it, it had to be proven by the Urim Thundam. You know that. That breastplate of Aaron where the light's reflected. Now, when that priesthood ended, the Urim Thundam went with it. But we got a new Urim Thundam. That's the Word of God. And if your revelation doesn't tie, and you say, God revealed to me that I should be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. If that don't tie in with the Word, and from Genesis to Revelations and tie it together, and your revelation's wrong. You say, God revealed me I should be baptized in Jesus' name. If it doesn't tie in with the Word, then the Urim Thundam don't back it up. No matter how real it seems, this is the authentic Word. This is God's Urim Thundam. Now, and Jesus, again I quote, repeat, And Jesus came and spake unto them, the 18th verse, saying, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, I want to ask you something. Now, I just... That's Matthew 28, 19. The scripture you're asking me to explain. What we have in view here this morning. Now, let's read that careful. Just don't, don't run over it. Read it careful. Now, watch closely. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son not in the name of the Father in the name of the Son in the name of the Holy Ghost that's the way 
people baptized, baptized that way, that's not even scriptural. See, it isn't in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. That's wrong. That's not scriptural. And it isn't the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's in the name, N-A-M-E, singular. In the name. Name. Look. <laughs> while you look. In the name. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, now, if there's any word that you don't understand, I'm waiting for a sister uh, Sewell there to find it. You got it there? Oh, I know what. Matthew 28, 19. 19. 19. Now, sister Sewell, I believe you was the one who's questioned the strongest. Mm-hmm. Now, does that say in the names of the Father, the Son? Mm-hmm. It says in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son. No, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Not in the name, put a name before each one, but just in the name of the Father and of the Son and Holy Ghost. Now, now we realize then there has to be one name there because it said one name. Well, I want to ask you, which one of them names should we baptize in then? Now, is Father a name? No, so we couldn't baptize in the name of the Father because Father isn't a name, is it? Well, in the name of the Son, then we'd say, is a, a son a name? I'm a son, you're a son, he's a yeah. son. Son's not a name, is it? Well, Holy Ghost, then, in the name of the Holy Ghost. We all got the Holy Ghost. Well, a here. A 17th well, century Gentile word. Uh, the, uh, let's say the, uh, in the name of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, is it a name? No. no, that's what it is. We're all human. That's what it is. It is the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost is not a name. That's what it is. We're all human, but that's not our name. The Spirit's not a name. See, no. It's a, there's three titles then, isn't it? Well then, what kind of a thing have we got here then? He said, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Well, if Father's no name and Son's no name and Holy Ghost is no name, they're not names. So you couldn't use that for a name because there's no name to it at all to begin with. Now, you understand that? There are not names. They are just like, I'm, they call me a reverend. Some people call me a prophet. Some call me a preacher. Father. Well, now, uh, yeah, and I'm a father. Son. I'm a son. I'm a human. But my name's William Branham. But, but <laughs> reverend, prophet, or yeah. reverend, elder, and uh, minister, that's titles that belong to me. Well, then belongs to many other also, like soul, body, and spirit. That belongs to me too. But belongs to him, him, her, her, and all. See, it's all the same. See, it's titles, but that's not my name. That's not your name. Soul, body, and spirit's not your name. That's, not what, that's what you are, but it's not your name. Or you are a lady. You are a mother. You are a wife. A daughter. A daughter. Uh, yeah, all them things. Them, that's, that's just what you are. And say, you, I always call you doctor. You as a nurse. Yeah. Say, you are a doctor. Well, uh, you are a mother too. But that's not your name. If I just wrote doctor, there's a lot of doctors. If I wrote nurse, there's a lot of nurses. See? But that's still not your name. So when anyone says they was baptized in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, 
if they'd only think it's not even a mental it's not it's not even it's not even mentally right a name of father son holy ghost it's just like the catholic says eternal sonship the eternal sonship of christ how can the word make sense how can he be a eternal and be a son son have was born off of eternal had no beginning or end if they say there's an eternal hell Bible said hell was created then how can it be eternal there's no eternal hell hell was created for the devil and his angels not an eternal hell everything begin ends hell may burn for a hundred billion years but it has to have an end because everything begins ends that's the reason we can't die because we are part of God offsprings of his sons and daughters we got eternal life God's life it never did begin never will end see now this is pretty strong if you don't understand it I'm afraid I'll get you out on a limb here somewhere like I was talking to clergymen now if you don't understand you tell me because usually you talk to clergymen like this you see but um, to you women uh, uh, you just ask me and you're my friends I studied it and I wanted to know. All right, now I'm trying. You're you're all educated and you're you're all smart, and I I don't want you to take this because Brother Branham said so. I'm a human being. I want you to take the word. If you can find anybody that'll down that word, you bring them to me. If you can find anybody that says there's a contradiction in the Word of God, bring him to me. It, it just won't be. It. it won't. There's no need to try it because it ain't there. See? Now, how could anybody be baptized? I want to ask you, ladies, something right now, or new man. How could anybody be baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost? How could you be baptized in the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost? Don't you see the bottom of it? There's no such a thing as the name of Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Just saying words over and over. That's, that's titles. Lily of the Valley. Li, why don't you just say Lily of the Valley, Rolls of Sharon, Morning Star, Alpha Omega. It'd be the same. You could be baptized just as well. Said I baptize you in the name of Alpha and Omega. That's the beginning and end. be just as well. It's a title. I baptize you in the name of the Lily of the Valley, the Morning Star, and the Rolls of Sharon. be just the same as titles. But we know who it belongs to. But there could be a lot of Morning Stars and Lily of the Valleys and Rose of Sharon's. See? So, not a father, not a, a father, son, Holy Ghost. They, mm. is, uh, that uh, human soul, body, and spirit or whatever more you want to make it. Now, now there's something wrong here somewhere, isn't there? Now you see that something's wrong here. We can't understand it then, let's say. Now, go ye therefore, teach all nations. Now, you're a nice little audience and I, I want to drill this so that you'll have a good understanding. See? Because I don't know many of my brethren might hear this tape. I never unchristianized no man or person for their ideas of Scripture. I base it upon if they're saved, they're trusting Jesus Christ. Whether they are Catholic, Protestant, Jew, or whatever they are, you're saved because you're born of Christ. But you've asked me a question. Why, Brother Bram, would you baptize in the name of Jesus Christ? All right? And why would you disregard Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? That's your question. And as your brother and as a servant of Christ, I'm duty-bound to answer you. All right. Now, therefore, when you find out you're to make this contradiction, now, 
just ten days after this, after Jesus said this, Peter had the keys of the kingdom. Matthew 16, I not thou art Peter, and upon this rock, build my church, so forth. And I get I say it, thou art Peter, and I give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth, I bind it in heaven. What you loose on earth, I'll loose it in heaven. Now that same man that had the keys turned right back around ten days after Jesus said this and said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for your missionary sin. Did you ever stop to think that Jesus would give a man that would be that scrupled up the keys to the kingdom? That would turn around and do vice versa what he said not to do? The God of heaven manifested in flesh and would turn the keys over to a man that would make a mistake like that? The very first shot out of the box would do a thing like that? He didn't do it. No. Alright, now, now just now now notice. He couldn't do that. But why did he give them keys to Peter then? He just plainly quoted it. Peter, you never learned this from some church or some seminary, but it was a revelation that come from heaven and upon this same revelation from heaven to straighten out the Word of God, I'll build my church. He knew Peter, he didn't know mathematics. Peter didn't know algebra, perhaps. Or neither did he know geometry. Or, or I think it's said that he was an ignorant and an unlearned man, according to Acts, the fourth chapter. Or Acts, the third chapter, I believe. Said, perceiving that they were both ignorant and unlearned, he and John, as he healed the man at the gate called Beautiful, but taking notice that they had been with Jesus. So you see, he didn't lay it upon his seminary uh, theology that he could reveal this to him. Ooh. Not upon his seminary experience, because he had none. He doesn't yet today. But he reveals it, see, to the one that had the revelation of it. Therefore, he could trust it to Peter. He might not have been able to trust it to Matthew or to John or to the rest of them. But Peter had the revelation. So then Peter turns around and says, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, see, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The promises of you. The man that had the keys that unlocked the kingdom for the first time turning around and doing vice versa what Jesus said not to do. Now it's either he was wrong. He made a mistake. He didn't follow out our Lord's or either he had a revelation of truth that the rest of them was, which was beyond what any of the rest of them had. Now, let's just stop before we go back. Just a minute. If it would have been wrong why did God recognize it then and command all the rest of them down through the Bible to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? And every person in the Bible was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And every person up to the organization of Catholic Church was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ at the Nicene Council. They formed this baptism of Father, Son, Holy Ghost, making a triune God out of one true God to bring in their their trinity and as God in beginning know that man would fall therefore he put him on free moral agency knowing because 
he could display his attributes to be a father, to be a son, to be a healer, to be a savior. How could he save less something lost? And in God was the attributes before there even was an angel or a molecule or anything. God was by himself alone, but he wasn't God. Because God is an object of worship. There was nothing for him to worship. Nothing to worship him. But his attributes, attributes, displayed something and made an angel. Then he was God. Then he made a man. Gave him free moral agency. He fell. Then when he fell, he became a savior. In the fall, he took sick, sickness, so he becomes a healer. See, it's displaying God's attributes. See what I mean? Now, he also knew that there had to be a lost people and a saved people. There had to be a false baptism. and a, So he puts it here. Again, a tree of knowledge. Here's 1, Acts 2.38, 1, Matthew 28.19. So how was it revealed to Abel? Abel, by faith, offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. He didn't have no Bible to go by, so it must have been revelation to Abel. There was both boys. If God only requires a worship, then God was unjust to condemn Cain. Cain made an altar, built a church, worshipped, and made a sacrifice. Every religious thing that Abel did, so did Cain. Is that right? But Abel, by revelation, offered to God, which revelation he walked by faith a more excellent sacrifice, how did Abel know it that it wasn't fruit of the fields that Cain offered? It was blood that brought him from the garden. Life was not in the fruit. Blood brought the life. It was revealed to him. A revelation. Here's the same basis he puts us on that he did on them back there. A revelation. Now, there can't be a contradiction. Now, you all wasn't always Christians. You were born sinners. I imagine as a little girl, I'm, I don't know if you did or not, but I'm going to take all of us in the room to make an illustration here now so that you'll understand. Uh, when you were little girls, say you read Love Story magazines. Most all little girls do. Or any kind of magazine. Wouldn't have to be a love story, any story. See? Nice. Could have not been a... One of modern bookstand stores, but any store, even the Romeo and Juliet, see? Well, you, um, you, uh, you, you read a love story. And if, I'm showing you this way now so that you can catch it in a parable. If you picked up a storybook and you read it and it said, John and Mary lived happy ever after. Well, you get to wonder who's John and Mary. Who is John and Mary? Well, you just read the last words of the book. It said, and John and Mary lived happy ever after. You begin to wonder who is John and who is Mary. Is that right? Now, there's only one way to find out who John and Mary was. Go back to the first of the book. Start reading. Is that right? Yes, well, now, this is the last chapter of Matthew. If the last book of Matthew, he said, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And Father's no name, and Son's no name, and Holy Ghost is no name. Who are they? Now, let's take it this morning upon the same basis that we would to John and Mary. Let's go back to the first of Matthew and find out. Turn back to the first chapter of Matthew. All right. See who John and Mary is that lived happy ever after. 
How much more time? All right. Now, now I want to ask you, sister, something as you look at me, you brethren. <clears throat> Who was the father of Jesus Christ? God was. Is that right? Was God his father? Yes. All right, sir. God is his father. We all agree upon that. Amen. I believe with all my heart that God is the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. Now we're going to see if the Bible says that God's his father. Now, Jesus said, Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I'm laying these three uh, record boxes out here. This is the Father. This is the Son. This is the Holy Ghost. Now you, you can see all right. Now I'm going to, I'm going to just sort of question you and see if you listen to what I said. Who is this over here? Holy Ghost. Who is this over here? Who is this here? Now, who is this? Father. Alright. I just want to see if you if you really catch it clear now. Now, um, uh, this is the Son of God. Is that right? Alright. Now, this here is what? Father. That's the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that right? That was His Father. I believe that He is the virgin-born, unadulterated Son of the living God. God our Father which is the great spirit that never he was never had no farm even you see he was he was god he was just he was before a star molecule or atom or anything else he's god that covers all time space he's eternal i believe that jesus is the son of the true and living god and that's this person right here that i got wrote on this box father is that right and this is the holy ghost and this is the son now let us read Matthew 1. Now we start off the book of the generations of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, Jacob, uh, Judah and his brethren. Goes on down giving the genealogies. Now, to save our time, we'll come down and the genealogies ends after, and so all from the 17th verse. So all the generations from um, all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations from uh, David unto the carrying away of Babylon are 14 generations and from the carrying away of Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations now now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. Are you reading with me, Sister Sue? Mm -hmm. Before they came together, she was found with the child of God the Father. And did I read? Am I reading right? No. Oh, I made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Found with the child of who? The Holy Ghost. Well, I'll say. Now, who is his father? Oh, you said this was his father. Yeah. And the Bible said this was his father. She was found with a child, not of God the Father. God the Father had nothing to do with it is a child of the Holy Ghost. Is that right? Let's see if that still reads on right. Maybe we made a mistake. 19th verse. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willingly to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take in thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of God our Father. Stephen carries off the Holy Ghost. Oh. And the Holy Ghost was now, given there. Now, then 
Which one of these is his father? Now, if the Holy Ghost is his father and Jesus said God was his father, now, is he a bastard child? Could he be? Could both of these gods make one child? If it is, he was a bastard child. Illegitimate is a better word, but the very word means the bastard child. Well, then, if he is a bastard-born child, then where, where are we at in salvation? If God the Father was his father, and the Bible says the Holy Ghost is his father, then we're, something's wrong again. Is that right? Yeah. See? You, you, there's something wrong somewhere. Now, what, what are we going to do? Are we worshiping an illegitimate born child by two different gods? One God was said was his father, and then the, the Bible said here our Word of God says that the Holy Ghost was his father, and Jesus said God was his father, and other places in the Bible said God was his father, and called him the Son of God, and God the Father, and now God the Holy Ghost. Oh, poor, blinded, Trinitarian people. What? The word Trinity don't even appear in the Bible. No. Not from Genesis to Revelation. There's no such a thing. It's not three gods. It's three offices of one God. God the Father in a pillar of fire. God the Son made manifest in flesh to take away sin. And God the Holy Ghost in us now here. I'll be in Sure. Sure. Be with you even in you. See? It's not three gods. It's one God. Now, now look. You're going to have to admit that the Holy Ghost is His Father. Is that right? Is the Holy Ghost His Father? Does the Bible say so? <laughs> well, okay. let, me, let me read it again. Yes, no. Now, let, God is His Father. That's right. Well, then, if the Bible says that the Holy Ghost is His Father, the Holy Ghost and God is the same person, or He had two fathers. Is that right? You're going to wear that trinity. There she had it. That's it. It's done flying away now. It never was so in the beginning. It never was so. See how how it has to come by revelation? See? Now, now either God was his father or he wasn't his father. And the Holy Ghost was his father or it wasn't his father. The Bible tells a lie. So to make the revelation right and see if Peter had the same revelation that I have of it. Yeah. Now, see. Now, God the Father and the Holy Ghost is the self-same Spirit. Or He had two fathers. He couldn't be conceived of God the Father of one Spirit and God the Holy Ghost another Spirit. Then He had two conceptions. <laughs> See? So He couldn't be that way. He just couldn't actually be. Either one's right and the other's right. If there's three gods and these two gods, if these two gods, one God the Father and one God the Holy Ghost, which one of them really was His Father then? Question? Well, yeah. that Holy Ghost and God's the same. Now you got it. There you are. All right. Now that's one. All right. Now let's keep on reading. Now we're going to find out what Matthew twenty-eight nineteen is. Now let me read this over again now. 18th verse. Now the birth of Jesus Christ on this wise, when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. All right. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willingly to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not taking thee, Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. All right, we make them two, then it has to be the same one. All right. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name. What? Jesus. That's this person. 
Jesus. All right. Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now this was all done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Is that right? Being interpreted, God with us. Now, what is the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost? God. Oh, God's an object of worship. Isn't it? <laughs> Jesus. What did you say? His name shall be called. Uh, Jesus. Or, or That's right. Jesus. What was his name? Emmanuel is the interpretation of God with yeah. us. You see, that just means God with us. See, I don't mean to say there can be any kind of a God with us. You see, but this interpretation. But well, what is the name of this God with us? Jesus. His name shall be called Jesus. Then when Peter said, when Matthew said, baptize them, in the, now what, who is Mary and John that lived happy ever after? See? You see who it is? When Peter turned around and said, baptize in the name of, uh, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Well, he'd done exactly what Matthew, if he said Father, Son, Holy Ghost, wouldn't he be mentally right? Now, why do you baptize, Brother Bram, in the name of, the, of Jesus Christ? Now, let us turn over here now and just watch. Now, who had the keys to the kingdom? Peter. Who was it spoke on the day of Pentecost now and said, um, Repent and be baptized, everyone, in the name of Jesus Christ? Peter was. All right. And the keys lock. What you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. That right? Yes. What you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven. That right? Now, how many... Tribes are the of the earth, three, Ham, Sham, and Sham and Japheth's people. Now that's Jew, Gentile, and Samaria. See, all right, they all sprung up from them three sons. If the uh, God forgive me, saying if the Bible's right, of course that was all the earth was destroyed. But them them three boys, that that's exactly where our generation sprang from. Now, three wise men came to see Jesus. The astronomy says that. They have fallen three different stars, and these three stars came together and made the one star, you see. And the three are one, always. See? Now, the three attributes of God makes one God. It's not God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It isn't three gods. Jesus, Philip asked that question. He said, Lord, show us the Father, and it suffices us, John 14. He said, I've been so long with you, Philip, you don't know me? He said, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Now, I was explaining this to some women one day. And a woman said, wait just a minute, Brother Brown. said, they are one. That's right. said, so are you and your wife one. I said, but they're a different kind of one. And she said, I said, oh, she said, no, they're the same as you and your wife one. I said, oh, no. Okay. I said, do you see me? She said, yes. I said, you see my wife? She said, no, I don't even know her. I said, then Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. So I said, see, so they, they are different kinds of ones, see. I said, you see me, but don't see my wife. But when you see Jesus, you see God. He manifested God. He was a virgin-born Son. And God the Father, which is the Spirit, dwelt in Him. Now, a lot, a lot of Trinitarian people try to say, I was debating it not long ago. I find out don't do no good. Because... No man can come to God unless God foreknew him and called him before the foundation of the world. All the Father has given me will come to me, said Jesus. See? And this man tried to say, 
He was a, a Trinitarian, extremely. And he stood up before the class and he said, My precious friend, said Brother Branham is a, one of the finest fellows. See, you see right then, I know this. Jesus said, You hypocrites, how can you say good things for out of the abundance of heart speak of the mouth? See? And so, just trying to find favor with the people. He said, This is a Church of Christ man and a so-called Church of Christ. Of course, they're against all the true teachings of the Bible almost, and you couldn't call them. I don't mean to say anything against them people in there, but them ministers are, is, if you'll excuse expressions like the Irishman's owl, all fuss and feathers and no owl. So that's just about <laughs> the way it is, you see. Just, uh, they, uh, they haven't got nothing to stand on. So a modern Pharisee. Now, he said, but Brother Benham has been like a, uh, in this discussion, said wiggle out of everything like the worm in the lemon but said I would like for him to wiggle out of this one and of course all debaters holds a keynote to the last part of it so then he said at the baptism in Matthew 3 the display of three persons absolutely three distinct persons the son standing on the bank the Holy Ghost like a dove in between them God the Father speaking out of heaven I said, sir, is that your keynote? He said, I want to hear you wiggle out of that one. I said, sir, you just wiggle back and read the scripture the way it reads. I said, that's the only thing. You're just misreading the scripture to the people. I said, that is thinner than the broth made out of a shad of a chicken is starved to death. I said, well, you're just, you're, you're, you're making it wrong, brother. You're misreading it to the people. And I said, now look here what the brother says. Now I'll take it like this. Like these I got, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Now this year, It'd be the Holy Ghost, and that's the Son, Israel Father. Now watch how they read that. When Jesus was baptized, went straightway out of the water. Lo, the heavens opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God like a dove descending. And a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm pleased to dwell. I said, See, three beautiful illustrations. The Son on the ground, the Holy Ghost like a dove in between, and the Father out of heaven speaking. See how the devil can stand there and deceive a person? If you don't have a revelation of God, of God isn't merciful to us, we ought to be thankful. He made that say something it didn't say, just like Matthew 28, 19. Make him say something it don't say. He never said baptize them. He never said baptize in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost. He said baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, which is Jesus Christ. Now, let us take this illustration. Now let's see. You're getting the scriptures wrote down, Matthew three there. Last three or four verses. Now I'm, I just depend on her. Alright, that's all right. She gets it. And you can study it when you get I'm giving you scriptures so you can study it alone. Yeah. Now look notice. Now they say that was the sun standing on the bank. This is God the Holy Ghost like a dove in between them. And God the Father was speaking out of the heavens. Now look like that make exactly three different voices in three different places. Now, notice. Now, when Jesus is baptized, now we realize that heavens is, means above, uh, atmospheres, whatever it is, into heavens. Now, when Jesus is baptized, he went straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens was opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God. I thought you said God was up in heaven speaking. A spirit of God like a dove. The dove was God. See, we just got through here. Holy Ghost and God's the same person. Mm -hmm. See, it's just a title to it. See, 
And he saw the Spirit of God, not another God up in heaven speaking, but the Spirit of God was in the form of a dove. That was, that was the Holy Ghost. It was God the same thing. See? The Spirit of God like a dove descended and a voice from heaven, which was above him, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am pleased to dwell. Really the right translation, you got the verb before the adverb, like all the foreigner. It's, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am pleased to dwell in. Or whom I am pleased to dwell. In whom I am pleased to dwell. That was God coming into Jesus and in Him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And there's your Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus Christ. Sure. You get it? There's no, there's no place in the Bible speaks of three being a, a, a three gods. There's no such a thing. It's absolutely pagan. It well, comes from pagan. It's away with that trinity. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. It, it, it's just as it's just as bottomless as hell is. See, there's Billy no such Graham a thing. What say? Billy Graham needs that. Um, oh, he will. I needed it too. Look, listen. It's revealed to those who God calls and is predestinated right. by His foreknowledge. All my sheep hear my voice. Right. Look at them Jews standing there, just as scholarly as they could be. And Jesus showing them he was Messiah by Messiah sign. He said he's Beelzebub. Yes. How could they were blinded? And to a ragged shepherd on the hill, he believed. Yeah, and a little ragged shepherd or a or a fisherman down the river said well, they know him. See, he just God has a way of doing things, and we just have to cope with His way. I just be thankful that your eyes could be open to see truth. Now, I'll challenge anybody. Not for, not for fussing, but will come to me and sit down and show me Trinity one time in the Bible or where there's three gods. If you show me three gods, I'll show you we're in darkness and pagans and heathens. There's only one God. God, God the Father, truly, we believe in that. He was up and above all over this mountain. When He sent it on the mountain up there, why, even if a, as much as a cow touched the mountain, had to be killed. God the Father. But he wanted fellowship back with his man. He's trying to get man back to the Eden place where he was lost. See? Now the next thing he did, then God the Father overshadowed a virgin called Mary. And the hemoglobin, you know this by being a nurse, the blood cell comes from the male. Then somebody said, we're saved by Jewish blood. There's not one speck of the mother's blood in the baby. The baby lays in the blood of the mother. But the blood cell comes from the male cell. So he wasn't neither Jew nor Gentile. He was God. A creative blood. Not by sex desire. But a creative blood. See what I mean? Yeah. And then God's blood saved us. An unadulterated blood. He created himself. I mean he changed his caste from God to man. And came down was born of a virgin Mary. And the Holy Ghost which is God his father that overshadowed it came down and spread his tent and dwelt with us in the form of a man. That's God the Son. The same God that was God the Father. It isn't me that doeth the works. It's my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. See? That in me. That's right. The Father that dwells, tabernacles, lives, this is my beloved Son in whom I am pleased to dwell in. Matthew 3, see? In whom I am pleased to dwell. I am very pleased to dwell in this one. Dwell, that to occupy, come in the house and live. In him was the fullness of the Godhead bodily, says the scripture. 
That's right. The visible image of the invisible God. Now, there he is. Now, that's God the Father, God the Son. And now, through breaking that blood cell, when the old priest in the Old Testament or the old order, a sinner brought a lamb. He laid his hand upon the lamb. His throat was cut because he'd sinned and this lamb died for his sin. Now, the reason he went out, says Hebrews, with the same desire that he had come in, if he committed adultery, he goes back out with the same desire. If he killed, he goes back out with the same desire, hatred. Because when that blood cell of the lamb was broke, that blood cell in the lamb was an animal's life. It could not come back and dwell in a human life because the animal life has no soul. But the human life has a soul. See? Animal don't have a soul. It don't have life. No, he don't have to wear clothes and cover up its nakedness and say bad words. And you know what I mean? Oh yeah. See, they they don't know it. They fell because they're under us. See, human beings are above the animal life because they're a god of the animal life. That's right. What was in the beginning? Because Adam named them and had power over Genesis one twenty six. He had dominion over all the earth. He was he was made the image of God and was made to be a, a lesser god. Jesus said so. Said didn't know what your law say that you are gods, and if they call them gods who the word of God came to you, which was prophets, how do you condemn me when I say I'm the Son of God? See, there you are. Now, now, in this, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, now, after he dwelt in the pillar of fire, then came down and made himself a body, brought himself down a tent of human flesh, and dwelt in among us. God dwelt, First Timothy 3.16, without controversy, Paul speaking, great is the mystery of Godness, for God was manifested in the flesh. Creator became Savior. Yeah. Creator became Savior. And the great song that Booth Cleburne wrote, the great Creator became my Savior, and all God's fullness dwelleth in Him. See? Now, notice, Father, then He was the Father, away above us, couldn't even get around where He was at. Then He became Son, and we could touch Him, feel Him. He's a man. And then he gave his life. That blood cell was broken by a cruel, sinful Roman spear when it pierced his heart. And really, a broken heart killed him. His water and blood separated. Grief. Broke the cell of grief because of the sin of the human race. He used to sing a little song. Oh, what precious love that Father had for Adam's fallen race. Gave his only son to suffer and redeem us by his grace. Now, there, that blood cell was broke. Now, when we lay our hands by faith upon that trembling Lamb of God, feel His flesh quivering and shaking for us, and our hands become bathed with His blood in our souls, the life that was in Him wasn't just a mere man, neither was it an animal. It was God. So that life comes back upon the sanctified one and becomes a son or a daughter. An offspring of God, see? The life of God, and we are sons and daughters of God through the breaking of that blood cell. Jesus Christ. Now what is it then? God is back in His people, fellowshipping like He did in the Garden of Eden. See? There you are, sons and daughters. Isn't it beautiful? As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for learning about the Urim and the Thummim, which we know is your word for us today. Help us, Father, to continue to discern 
every circumstance and every doctrine and so forth by your word to see if it lines up with scripture. Heavenly Father, we also thank you for the gift of the revelation of your deity and who you are. Father, you told Peter that flesh and blood hath not revealed to him who you were, but it was your Father in heaven who had done the same. We thank you, Lord, you said, upon that rock you build your church and we are grateful to see today that you continue to do the same. Help us to believe the mighty word that you have for us of this day and to live it. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you. Destroy this temple, Jesus said, and I will rebuild it in three days. Yes, he was showing none is greater than him when it comes to constructing. His hands have laid the very foundation, the same hands will place the capstone, stone after stone after stone after stone. Break up on break up on break up on break Revelation after revelation This house will stand again Stone after stone after stone after stone Break up on break up on break up on break Revelation after revelation This house will stand again Now Tobias the Ammonite came with his friends Trying to stand in the way of Nehemiah For they'd learned they were busy rebuilding Rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem They came insulting them, criticizing them Mocking them, even cursing them They didn't know that Nehemiah he had the full backup of the king With determination in his heart To see Jerusalem standing again Stone after stone after stone after stone Break up on break up on break up on break Revelation after revelation That city had to stand again Stone after stone after stone after stone Break up on break up on break up on break Revelation after revelation That's it yet to start again
Zerubbabel, the greatest architect. He is the one constructing this temple. His hands have laid the very foundation. And the same hands are placing the capstone. And the glory of this house will be greater, so much greater than the previous one. The same Jesus that walked by day, He is the one to be seen in this temple. And greater works we are ready to go. For the glory is simply greater. Stone after stone after stone after stone. Scriptures after scriptures every day. Revelation after revelation. This house is ready. Stone after stone after stone after stone. Break up and break up and break up and break. Revelation after revelation. This house is ready now. This house is ready again. This house is ready today. Oh, this house is ready for you, my God. This house is ready right now. Come and fill this house. I pray. This house is ready for you, my God. Remember Solomon's prayer that day as he was dedicating. That temple, I have seen greater than Solomon today. Come and fill this house with your glory. This house is standing for you. This house is ready for you, oh God. Come and fill this house. I pray. This house is ready for you. Amen. Viens remplir ce temple de ta gloire. 